Hey, everyone. Would you guys pray with me one more time? God, I thank you for each and every person in this room, Lord. I thank you that we get to hear from your word, Lord. We get to be inspired by your word. We get to be transformed by your word, Father. So right now, God, I just pray, Father, that you would help us feel loved by you. God, I, I pray, Father, that the words that come from my mouth, the actions that come from myself, the thoughts of my mind, Lord, I pray that everything I do would be accept, acceptable in your sight, Lord, that you would cleanse me of any sin that would hinder the preaching of your gospel, Father, and that you would allow us to hear your words and not Dylan's words. Lord, we love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone. Good evening. I want to thank you guys for joining us, um, whether you're in person or online. It's a joy to be up here. If you don't know me, my name is Dylan Liebach, and I'm a minister in training here. A lot of what I do is with our young people, with our youth, our kids, our teenagers, and our, some of our young adults. And um, Lately, I've just been really passionate about seeing them have a relationship with Jesus and find the purpose that God has for their life. Amen. And so I'm excited to be up here with you guys to preach our next sermon in the series from the book of Hebrews. And if you haven't been here, we've been in the book of Hebrews. And we've been in this series called Faithful. Faithful where we've been focusing on persevering in our faith. Keeping our faith in the midst of trials. Keeping our faith in the midst of all the hard times that have been passed on to us. And funny enough, I've been given the task of talking to you guys about faith tonight in Hebrews chapter 11. Mainly that faith is believing in God's reality. And so I, I, I want to start off with this simple fact. Like, let's take a review of 2020. <laughs> It was a really hard year. It was a really, really tough year for my family from being stuck in the house to seeing my mom diagnosed again with cancer to not being able to see anybody on Christmas and just all the hard times that holidays brought. And, and I know that this is true for a lot of us that 2020 and even the beginning of 2021, man, it's just brought this sense of hopelessness in this season, a sense of despair, the sense of I'm ready to quit, the sense of I'm ready to throw in the towel, the sense of I'm ready to not deal with people, I'm ready to not deal with friends, I'm ready to not deal with family, and I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to give up. And I want to encourage you tonight because we have something in common with who the book of Hebrews was written to. The book of Hebrews was written to Jewish Christians who were also living in a sense, in a, with a sense of hopelessness and despair, who were being physically harmed for their faith in Jesus, who were being physically hurt for the things that they believed in, for the stuff that they held to, for the realities that they clung to. And he gives us this encouragement at the end of chapter 10 here. And I want you to read this with me. Because this is for my soul, as well as anybody else's soul, who's been in a similar spot. He says this. 
So don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you need endurance, so that after you've done God's will, you may receive what was promised. And then it says, for yet in a very little while, the coming one will come and not delay, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he draws back, I have no, no pleasure in him. Here's the encouraging part. <laughs> but we are not those who draw back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and are saved. In other words, our author here he is writing so that me and you don't throw in the towel, so that me and you don't quit, so that me and you don't live our daily lives in despair. And he's quoting here from the Old Testament as he often does in Habakkuk chapter 2. And he says something important. He says, the righteous shall live by faith. In other words, faith is not a concept. Faith is not just an idea. Faith is not something that, that's primarily an emotion or a feeling or, or, or anything like that. What he's saying is that faith is a lifestyle, a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, live my life, form all of my habits and all of my character around my faith. That's what he's saying faith is. And he says this. It's really important. He says, those who have faith won't be destroyed, but they get to see God in action in their lives. Me and you, if we have faith, we get a front row seat to see the miracles that God can and will perform in our lives and can and will perform in other lives. Amen? And he asks us this question, and I would ask the same question. Are we living by faith? If my answer in 2021, beginning of 2021, and that, and 2020, man, I, there were a lot of times I wasn't living by faith. Are we living by faith? So here it is, faith. What is it, and how does it work? Verse one, it says this. Read this with me in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It says, "Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen." So what he's saying here first is that faith is only as meaningful as the reality which we attach it to. And this is simple, right? If we put our faith and our hope in having uh, enough money, if we put our faith in having just a right relationship or just not having stress, just being stress-free so that when we get home we can just chill and, and watch TV or, or just having the nicest home and having kids that aren't like blatantly disobedient, you know, or, or just, you know, the, the author is saying if we place our hope in those things, then our faith isn't going to be very meaningful. And we kind of all know that. But what's really important for us to understand first and foremost is that we have to understand the object of what we are hoping for. We have to understand the reality of what we put our faith in, the reality of what we put our trust and our confidence in, and we, we have to come and know that first so that we're not putting our faith in the wrong things, right? The proof of things we don't see. And, and, and it's really important to know that faith is what we believe about our reality, so it's not just an emotion, Right? It's not just, oh, I feel this type of way about God. He makes me feel good when I come to church on Sundays and when I sing praise and worship songs. 
Faith is what you believe about your life. Faith is the reality of what you believe about your life. And the best way I can explain this is in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 41. There's a story about a poor widow. And she's got two coins. And it's all she's got to live on. And they're in her bag. And she goes to the temple offering. And there's other people there taking out of their bags, taking out of their surplus, putting in thousands of coins, hundreds of coins, way more than she's ever had, way, mil- way more than she ever will have. But you know what the widow does? She may have felt like she didn't have much. She may have thought that she didn't have a lot. She may have thought to herself, maybe this isn't even the right decision to take all I have and to trust it to God Maybe this isn't the right choice. Maybe I don't feel like it is the right choice. But as she did it, Jesus assured her that her faith was greater than all the others. In other words, the widow's reality was that God was better than anything else she could have in her life. The widow's reality was that God was better than all she could experience with her five senses. Taste, touch, feel, see, or smell. God was better than anything she could imagine or see physically. Anything that was familiar to her, God was better. It didn't matter how well she knew it. God was better. Even though I can't see him, even though I don't see how this is going to work, God, you're better. I trust you. She had faith. Faith is tied to a reality that's not seen or experienced by our five senses but that we are convinced is real based on the proof of the character of the one who's calling for the faith. So who's asking for the faith? It's clear God is calling for the faith. Why is this important? Check out verse 6 with me. It says this. It says, now without faith it is what? Impossible. Everybody say impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, faith for you and me, it's not just another merit badge that we get to put on our Boy Scout fest. But faith is the key thing that we need if we want to experience God in our situations and in our circumstances. Because without it, we are displeasing to God. And to not live by faith is to call God a liar. To not live by faith is to challenge the very character of God. Like, okay, God, I can't see you. I don't really know any. You're not right in front of me. You're not really familiar to me. Um, there's a lot of things I don't understand about you or about the Bible. You know, you're, you're just not that familiar. And when we do that, we challenge the very character of God. And if I can borrow here from Tony Evans, he says the definition of faith is, is this, is that faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. Not just feeling that God is telling the truth. Not just like thinking in your brain, maybe God is telling the truth. No, but actually acting like God is telling the truth 100% of the time. And that's why the Bible calls it walking by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, 
The Bible calls it walking by faith. So evidently, unless our faith, what we believe to be true about God, unless our faith has gone through our brains and hit our feet, then it's not faith. It's just something we're going to do to feel good about ourselves. It's just something we're going to do to get by in life or to survive or to feel like we've done something right every once in a while by coming to Sunday service. What you believe about God must be married to how we live our lives so that God will become concrete in your situation and in your circumstances, not just an idea. Not just a concept, not just somebody who's not familiar, not just somebody who I don't know, but listen to me, God is real, God has power, okay, God keeps his promises, God loves you no matter how messed up you are or how messed up other people are, but you will never see it unless you have faith that comes from your brain and hits your feet. In verse 2, he says this. He says, for by this, this faith that the author is talking about, this, this faith, even though we can't see it, this faith, he says, for by this, our ancestors were approved. The author of Hebrews, in chapter 11, he's, he's going to take us on a grand tour of Old Testament people and prophets who lived by faith, and, and faith that made a difference in their lives, faith that made a difference in the lives of others. The author of Hebrews in chapter 11, as Pastor Joe is going to preach next week, he's going to ask us, he's going to ask the Old Testament, is there any witnesses to this faith? How does this work? Is there any testimonies to how faith works in a person's life, to see people walking by faith? And he's going to ask Moses, and he's going to ask Abraham, Moses, how does faith work? Moses, can you tell us the testimony of how you led a whole entire people out of slavery by faith? Abraham, can you tell us how by faith nations came after you by God giving you a child when you were 100 years old? Are there any witnesses? And I want us to know this that what worked for the people in the Old Testament is what we need right here in the 21st century to work for us. And they give us a testimony to know that faith, what he's talking about in verse 1, is the whole truth and nothing but the truth. These people did the will of God because of their faith. And the Bible says that God validated them. Man, there is nothing like being validated by God. There is nothing like being accepted by God. There is nothing like being approved by God. And man, I'll say this, man. Some of us have been in high school for 40 years and still haven't gotten a diploma, right? Because we picked and choose when we went to class and what we participated in and, and what we did. And some of us, you know, we do this in our faith. We pick and choose when we want to believe in God, when we show up, when we serve, when we worship, when we obey, when we don't. And, and that's not living by faith. That's cherry picking by faith. We pick and choose what we want to do with our faith. 
A clear example against that is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament. There was an evil king who took charge of the nation, and he said, you guys, everybody in this nation is going to bow down to me and worship me as their God, or else you're going to get thrown into the fire. In other words, the king was saying, you are going to worship me and the world, something that's familiar and right in front of your face, or you're going to trust in your God who you can't see, and you're going to get thrown into the fire. <laughs> and so, you know, I, for some of us, that's our temptation. Our temptation is to just bow down to the world so we can survive. And I get it, because it's the way we were raised. It's the way we were brought up. It's what we were taught to do. It's the A plus B equals C in our lives. And, and for some of us, that's, that's what the temptation is in our lives, just have this relationship so we won't be lonely, just tolerate some of the things that our adult kids do in our home so that we won't feel guilty or, you know, cancel our obligations constantly so we won't feel just stressed out. And man, listen, some of us would rather live with manageable addictions Rather, they're manageable addictions that lead towards the road of death rather than get help for feeling of being ashamed. And if you're familiar with the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God didn't remove the flames from them. They had faith, and even though they couldn't see it, they were thrown into the fire. God didn't remove the fire from them, but their faith allowed them to live through it. And faith says that though I don't see how abandoning the way I know how to survive is going to help me live, I am willing to step into the fire and have faith that God is who he says he is in the character of God. And he will help me withstand. And he will keep me from burning up. And he will keep me from all the other things that everybody else says is going to be bad for my life if I trust in Jesus. God is there for you. And this is good news, because the people on the list in Hebrews chapter 11, by faith this person, by faith that person, by faith that person, they didn't always have the greatest of testimonies. In fact, if you look down that list, as we'll see next week, there were adulterers, there were murderers, there were liars, and this is great news to you and me, right? Because even though me and you walk through these church doors, Every single Sunday, every Thursday, or whenever we come to, even though we walk through these doors, a spiritual mess every single week, we still have the opportunity to make the list. We still have the opportunity to be loved by God if we have faith. Lastly, verse 3, he says this. He says, He says, by faith, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. He's saying this. He's saying that the world around us, you got to pay attention to, us, to this. The, the world around us was created by someone and something we do not see. The world around us was created by someone, God who we don't see, and some things that we don't see. But the important part is this, is that God created 
a world that you can see out of things that you cannot see. And God has operated this way from the very beginning, bringing stuff that you can see, bringing stuff that you can see and with your five senses is familiar to you in your life, bringing those things out of things that you cannot see. That's the way that God has operated from the beginning of time, creating new things out of things that we cannot see. And in Mark chapter 5, the best way I can explain this is there was a woman who had been bleeding for 20 years. And if you know anything about in the ancient Near East, you were deemed unclean. You were to live outside the community if that was the case until everything cleared up. This woman living outside of the community, bleeding for 20 years, social outcast, went to every single doctor, spent every last penny that she had, and tried everything only to be left without a cure, only to be left without a hope, only to be left in despair. But though the world around her told her there was no way, though the world told her around her that there was no coming back, you can't recover from this, just do the best you can, this woman, she had a little bit of faith, and she said to herself, I don't even have to look Jesus in the face. If I just touch the edge of his cloak, if I just go up through the crowds, I, I've heard this word that might be true about Jesus. If I just touch the edge of his cloak, I might be healed. And she went up, and she fought the crowds, and she went through, and she, she touched the edge of Jesus' cloak, and Jesus turned around, and he looked at her, and he said, Daughter, you are my daughter. You're part of the family. You had faith in me. You are healed. Good. You're good. Go in peace. See, evidently, faith is believing in the reality that you can be healed. Faith is believing in the reality that you can and will have a happy marriage. Faith is believing in the reality that you can have a new mother, father, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, even though yours might not have been the greatest. Faith is believing that you can have a brand new life six months from now, but it all comes from the basic operation of having faith that God brings stuff that you can see out of stuff that you never thought was possible. And even though you may look at just loving and entrusting and obeying Jesus as something that doesn't make sense for you in your situation right now, I want to encourage you, and I can guarantee you that your life will look completely different if you have faith in God 24-7. And I'm not promising you that he's going to remove the fire or the flames, but I am promising you that he will be with you right there through it, making a difference. How does he do this? God, how do you do this? How can you do this in my life? It says, look at the end of the verse. End of the verse 3, it says, by the word of God. God spoke, and so it was. How beautiful. God uttered. He said some, and then it was. That's it. Simple. Genesis chapter 1, we know the creation story. God spoke, 
and the darkness and the light. And God spoke in the heavens and the earth. God spoke in the sea creatures and the land creatures and, and everything else that followed. God spoke. And the best way I can illustrate this is to make an example out of our pastor. I love him to death. He's taught me so many things. But he had a hurt leg a couple weeks back. And it was really hurt. He couldn't get off the couch. And we all prayed for him. And praise God, he's doing a lot better now. But uh, he went to the doctor a few weeks back. And the doctor wrote him a prescription for steroids for his leg. And he went to the doctor and got that prescription. And now in that moment, if, if Joe said, I don't believe the character of this doctor. I don't trust this doctor. I don't have confidence in this guy and never acted what was written on that piece of paper, he would still be laid up on that couch with his leg up, not able to move, incapacitated. It would have been no benefit to him. What was written on that paper would have been of, of no benefit to him. The, the character of the doctor was challenged. He didn't act of, on what was written for that prescription. And for some of us, that's our situation. We don't act on the prescription, and so we're still sitting on the couch, laid up with our leg, not able to get up, not able to walk, knowing that if we have faith in God, in his word, then he'll heal us. Let me ask us this. Does God have character to you? Does God have integrity? Is God who he says he is? Does God have character in every single subject in your life, in every single area of your life? Because it's true that me and you will never see him work unless he sees us moving in faith on that prescription. I'll end with this. Uh, this is the best way for me that I understand faith scripturally from the Bible. Uh, this is an example of my daughter. You know, normally in the summer we like to take our kids to the pool. And Nora has a blast, and she plays in the baby pool and for a while. And after a short amount of time, she quickly gets bored because the baby pool isn't all it's cracked up to be. There's a limited amount of toys. There's a lot of babies running around and a lot of moms yelling at you if you don't do the right thing. And uh, it gets boring really quickly. And after a while, she wants to go to the big pool. She wants to, um, she wants to go into the deep end where it's above her head. Where she can't swim and she wants to go into the five and the six foot where I can barely stand up and and uh, you know I take her over and I'm standing in the water I get in the water I jump in it's all good I can swim and everything and then she comes to the edge and she's standing on the edge just like this she's standing here and I hold out my arms I said Nora jump Nora, come on. She said, no. I'm scared. <laughs> and I say, Nora, jump. I hold out my hands again. Nora, jump. Come on. And she says, no, I'm scared. And I say, Nora, jump. Nora, come on. I'll catch you. Nora, I'm here for you. Nora, jump. And she says, no, I'm scared. I'm right here, Nora. I'm telling you. Believe me, I'm going to catch you. Don't worry. Have confidence in me. 
I'm going to catch you. I'm right here. I'm not going to let you fall. He says, no, Daddy, I'm scared. And after pounding her again and again and again, I've got to convince her of the reality that I'm going to act on my word, that I am who I say I am. And eventually she comes over and she says, no, Daddy, I'm scared. I said, Nora, just jump. And she does one of these. She comes over to the edge and she does a little butt slide, sits down and into my arms, right? And I grab her. I say, I love you. Good job. That was great. But it doesn't end there. I take her back and I put her on the ledge. I put her on the ledge and she comes over. I hold out my arms again. And I say, Nora, jump. And she said, no, Daddy, I'm scared. And this time, after pleading and begging with her, she comes over and she does a little step over this time. And I catch her and I say, good job, baby. I love you. That was awesome. See, I'm here for you. And then I take her over to the ledge again. And this time, she does a running jump into my arms. And so now, when we go to the pool, she doesn't even wait for me to put my arms out anymore. But she just jumps into the water, even though it's deeper than she can stand, even though she can't even swim. She jumps in because she knows I will catch her. And for some of us, we need to believe in God that he is who he says he is 24-7, that no matter if we can see him in our situation or not, if we believe and we trust that he has a plan for our lives, that he can bring us out of the darkest and bleakest situations, if we believe that he will be with us in the fire, in the water, with us, holding us, saying, I love you, you're doing so good. Keep going. Keep the faith. God wants you to trust his character. He's a trustworthy person, and he wants you to have faith so he can change your situation. Won't you jump into his arms today? Won't you have faith in him? Let me pray for us. God, I thank you, Lord. Um, I thank you that we have the opportunity to jump into your arms today. I thank you that we have the opportunity to just be loved and to be saved by you. God, you are such a great Savior. Even though we can't see you with our two eyes, God, we have faith that you can take our senseless, hopeless disparity and heal it and give us new life. Father, we have faith in you that you're good. God, we love you so much. I pray, Father, for every single person in this room that we would make a choice to jump into your arms, that we would pray to have faith because a lot of times it's hard because <laughs> we can't see you, God. We can't see you in our lives. We can't see you in front of us. But we trust your word. We trust your character. You are who you say you are, God. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.